If you live in the D.C. area, you've likely heard of this next company I'm partnering with. Mighty Meals is a convenient, healthy meal delivery service made with locally sourced ingredients by chefs. I love Mighty Meals because with over 150 options that are constantly rotated for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, I am never bored. What's even better than the options is that the food is, well, I said earlier, delivered. No lugging groceries. For listeners of the Your Good News podcast, Mighty Meals is offering you $25 off for purchases of $75 or more. Head to eatmightymeals.com slash yourgoodnews to check out the deal. And if you've missed that link, I've included it in the show notes. Hi, and welcome to the Your Good News podcast with me, your host, Katherine Getty. Each Thursday, I'll give you the scoop on the good news coming out of Washington and how you can get involved with this thing called democracy. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. I hope you watched the TikTok CEO last week in the House Energy and Commerce Committee meeting. And if you haven't heard my take on what's happening with TikTok, why is Congress concerned with it? I talk all things in last week's episode, episode 86. So head there for more. But as for this week, I want to keep you posted on the appropriations process as well as do one more segment honoring Women's History Month. So first things first, all things appropriations. It's the backdrop of what's happening in Washington. Everyone knows that appropriations process has kind of kicked off. And so, you know, I want a quick refresher. Appropriations are decisions made by Congress really on how to allocate the portion of federal spending that's discretionary. So it ranges from national defense to food safety to education to salaries. It excludes that mandatory spending side. So when you think of Medicare or Social Security, those are mandatory by law. So I shared a few weeks back that the president's budget was released on March 9th and is really the unofficial start of this appropriations process, basically the time where Congress decides, okay, where are we going to be spending the money? We we can decide where it's spent on. And the president's budget is really a wish list given divided Congress. So, you know, Republicans can control the House, Democrats in control of the Senate. The president's budget is unlikely to become law. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's a 0% chance, but I think it's as close to zero as possible. And following the release of the president's budget, it really kind of kicks off the time where House and Senate appropriations committees, so members of Congress that serve on those committees, start to develop the appropriations language and legislation. Now, it's a electronic system where members can submit requests, basically expressing their wish list of where they think money should be spent. And the committees typically invite these congressional offices to kind of share their their insights of why, give rationale, um, how is it different from last year, what, what does the additional funding seek to do, or if you're trying to take it away, why do you think that it needs to be funded less, kind of some additional uh, rationale behind it. And there are a few types of appropriations requests that are going in right now. It's either programmatic, language-based, or more recently, in the House, it's community project funding. It's congressionally directed spending items. Um, maybe this is a- another hot take, but it is basically the new earmarks. Everything in Washington kind of feels like a pendulum. Everything old is new. And so earmarks are something that you may have heard in the past of 
oh, this was an earmark or, oh, this congressperson, insert congressperson, got a special deal for his constituents. I would say that earmarks have gotten more of a bad rap than I think are fair. I think when you elect a member of Congress, you expect that congressperson to advocate on behalf of their district or their state. And so earmarks are really a way by which they are providing rationale of why this money needs to be coming back to their their district or their state. And so I think it's not a bad thing, but that is what those com- community project funding, congressionally directed spending items are. So let's go through the three buckets. I said there was programmatic, language-based, and the new version of an earmark. So programmatic, they are requests that seek to express general support for funding of a program or to request more or less for that funding level. Then there's the second bucket is language-based request. Language-based requests seek to add some type of language to the appropriations bill that really highlights the need for greater reporting from a congressional agency. Or maybe the language-based request is about issuing support for funding. There's a lot of like extra language that goes along with appropriations bill. And basically, it kind of gives a sense of Congress of where they're at. And so in the third bucket of requests is this community project funding request in the House and congressionally directed spending items. It's what's called in the Senate. And it seeks direct funding with a specific program. So that's kind of what I said as members really articulating the need for funding or for a program in their state district. Um, it could be for a local government or a nonprofit recipient. So they're definitely subject to rules, and I would say earmarks got a lot a bad rap because there wasn't a lot of transparency. These new community project funding requests and congressionally directed spending items, there's a lot more transparency required. Why am I sharing with you the types of requests that go into the appropriations process? I think it's really important that you have a strong understanding of kind of how how does government funding kind of happen, and I think identifying, okay, there's like funding requests, there is language requests, there is funding directed to a particular project request, kind of understanding those different buckets will help you as you're going along and watching the appropriations process. What do I think is going to happen at the end of the year? I would be I would be lying if I said I knew. I want to continue to keep you posted on what's happening with the appropriations process so that as you see, okay, we're getting close to the end of the fiscal year, which is when government funding is really tied to what happens next. So this is kind of a continuing series that I will share with you. So let's transition and honor Women's History Month one more time. You know, and I want to really take today to highlight the stats, the overall growth of female leaders in elected office. I think personally, I I thought these numbers would be even higher. Um, but even though I can personally be disappointed by that, I also think it's really important that we acknowledge how much of a difference has happened. Women are 51% of the voting age population in the U.S., but still about 27% of candidates that ran for primaries and Senate, House, or governors in the 2022 cycle. Of the 50 states, 12 women, eight Democrats, four Republicans will serve as governors. In the 118th Congress, there are 149 women That's 27.9% of members of Congress. Currently, it's 107 that are Democrats, 40 that are women. 
I think this is growing. I love that this is growing even more, but the reason I wanted to highlight these numbers is I want to draw attention to these women, these women that are stepping up to the plate. And I also want to say we have more to go. I hope the state of our politics doesn't hinder candidates from stepping up. And broader, honestly, than the female, just the female perspective, we need more people that have different lived experiences, different views come to the table to create good public policy. I think we can all agree that we are stronger when we are together. It sounds like such a cheesy tagline, but you know, my hope for sharing more about politics is demystifying and giving you the tools to understand and call maybe BS when you see things happening in the world. And I hope you step up to the plate. Honoring these women and how far we have come and having women in elected office is awesome. But I think we all know there is so much more to go. Thank you so much for joining today's episode. It was awesome to kind of give you a quick update on the appropriations process. Where are we at? And then also close out Honoring Women's History Month with just some facts and figures on where we're at, but also saying there's so much more to go. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Your Good News Podcast. Follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Katherine Getty. I'd love to hear more on what you'd like to hear from this podcast. If there are things you've seen in the news that you got some questions on, let me know. Follow me on Instagram. Also, go ahead and hit subscribe where you listen to podcasts. That way, every Thursday, a new episode of the Your Good News Podcast will be in your inbox. And as always, tune in next week to another episode of the Your Good News Podcast.